to all of our phenomenal viewers, listeners, and supporters. I am your host, Podcast Bree, and I am so excited to be here. If you're a new audience member, we are so grateful to have you. Welcome to another episode of Connected, where we discuss all things mental health, recovery, employment, and stories. Before we dive in, this episode is sponsored by Contra Costa Behavioral Services and John Muir. On our next eight episodes, Connected will be focused on the BIPOC community, sharing personal anecdotes, facts, and awareness from specialists around the Bay Area. Today's special guest is Tan Hall, a mother whose son was life taken entirely too early by the Walnut Creek Police Department. The incident took place near their in their neighborhood in 2019 when the Walnut Creek Police Department was called to mediate Miles having a schizophrenic episode and the circumstances took a tragic turn. Soon after, the family started the Miles Hall Foundation that promotes initiatives that protests and saves lives of the those most impacted by mental illness. Given the alarming number of people in the, of color who are criminalized, harmed, and killed by law enforcement during mental health emergencies, they believe in taking urgent public action to raise awareness about mental illness and racial bias in ways that bring about systematic and community-led change, and that is right off their website. Welcome, Tan Hall. Hi, Bree. Thanks for having me today. No problem. We are really grateful for you to be here and to share your story um, and just kind of relive it. I know it can't be super easy. Um, I think the one of the first questions I do want to ask you is like, how are you doing and how do you and your family take care of yourself with such emotionally taxing work? Yeah, I know it is. It is taxing, you know, and it's tough because we're, we're also doing a lot of initiatives mm-hmm. you know, in the community and like trying to you know really make sure people understand like what happened to miles so mm-hmm. i'm constantly telling miles story and what happened to him and um but one thing i definitely i do for myself is i like get my nails done yes <laughs> so i take care of myself mm-hmm. i i also work out so i i try to um mind body and spirit take care of me um because I have to be able to take care of myself to make sure that if I take care of anyone else, right? It has to be me. Um, so that's something that I, I like to do. And also, we also have a really great community of friends. A lot of we do a lot of things with our family and friends, and so that helps too. Mm-hmm. You know, just having a having people you can kind of rely on and, and do things with. So that's that's important to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely, she's a very beautiful lady. So oh. her self care is oh, pretty you. much up to par. <laughs> oh, thank you, thank you. Um, awesome. Um, I love that you touched on mind, body, spirit. Um, I mentioned in the last episode, our suicide awareness episode. Go check that out. Um, that before I kind of unload on someone else when I need to vent. I'm like, how are you, first of all, mind, body, spirit, you know, like, are we good? Are you good? Are you do you have the emotional capacity or the capacity period to even listen to what I have to say? You know, so we all kind of have our stuff going on. I'm pretty sure there's other things that you have going on outside of the taxing work that you do. That thing, you know, life just yeah, happens. So um, I appreciate you sharing your story. and so this incident took place in 2019 and the family didn't really get the justice that they feel like was deserved um, in Miles' honor. And so what has, what kind of progress has the Walnut Creek Police Department made since the incident? Yeah, so so that's a pretty big question, right? Because a lot really hasn't been done mm. in Walnut Creek specifically as far as like that 
community necessarily doing a lot of work to make change. There have been some really big um, changes within Contra Costa County. Mm. And um, some of that has been that we have a, a pilot program okay. in Contra Costa County uh, that has to do with a non-police response mm. to mental health emergencies. Okay. So that is something that's called A3. And um, a lot of people, some people might know about that. It's, um, it's basically someone to call, someone to come, and somewhere to go. So they say it's like A3, any place, anytime, anywhere. So that's that's something that's positive that's happened in Contra Costa County. And really quick, I'm so sorry to cut you off, but how do you get in contact with that? Is it like a number or? Yeah, so there is a number that you can reach directly. I don't know the number off the top of my head. No worries, we'll find um, it and we'll put it down here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but basically um, anyone can type in A3, Contra Costa County. They can also put in the, uh, the Miles Hall Crisis Hub um, that is also named after Miles because of the advocacy mm-hmm. um, that we, you know, that happened after Miles' death. Um, Walnut Creek was involved in some of, in some of, of, of the the work as well, um, but that's because we pushed them to do it. So um, I always tell people, you can make change, you can make a difference uh, when you can mobilize, and we really truly have had a grassroots organizational. Um, approach and that's been like to go to city councils to go to the board of supervisors mm-hmm. and then that's why now that program is in place um, a3 the mobile crisis hub is very um, is happening here in Contra Costa County and it's actually it's it eventually will be a 24-hour mm-hmm. uh, system that's available to all Contra Costa residents and right now it's operational from uh, 12 um, AM to I think eight in the morning or something like that. So there's only like eight hours right now that it's not being serviced. Mm-hmm. So it's it's actually they would have been very helpful if when Miles was in his mental uh, mental health emergency that we had something like this. So the whole goal of of A three the Miles Hall Crisis Hub is to make sure that there are trained professionals that come out to mobile to mental health emergencies. That makes a lot of sense. Um, I remember you saying prior to his departure that you were looking for resources mm-hmm. and there was nothing really available unless you were kind of like in a high emergency situation. So there's like no yeah. medium for people who um, do things like that. And then you also mentioned a couple times that the police had a plan, but they didn't necessarily go with that plan. So what was the plan that they were initially supposed to follow? Yeah, I mean, so, you know, when we when we were relying on police to be the first responders to mental health emergencies, it's obviously dangerous and fatal, right? As violent. as my son should have never been murdered by the police, right? He should have never, his life should have never been taken, taken um, from him. He was an innocent person. He loved music. He was creative. He was talented. He had a smile that would light up a room. Mm-hmm. So... You know, we just need to get back to Miles and just be really clear that Miles was just an everyday person like you and I, mm-hmm. right? He had a mental health emergency. He had a mental health um, challenges. And, um, you know, I always say mental illness is not a crime. And, you know, so as far as when, when, we, when we look at police being the first responders, 
that's dangerous, right? So they need to be removed. So whether when, when Walnut Creek says they had a plan, yeah, they didn't follow the plan at all mm -hmm. because they didn't have the experienced officers that should have been the first responders, mm -hmm. right? The first responders should have been mental, mental health professionals. Miles was in a, a state where, you know, he didn't, he didn't need police. Um, and, you know, as I keep saying, it's dangerous. Yeah. So their plan was, wasn't followed. You know, they were supposed to use a taser. A taser um, was used, but then within 30 seconds, they were firing shots saying their life was in danger. Mm -hmm. So that, that typically uh, is very common um, when there's a, a police shooting that the police say that their life was in danger. Yes. So, you know. I've heard that countless times. Yeah. It's like you guys are the police. So. Right. Yeah. Different podcasts for a different day. Um, <laughs> in your, since you've had your experience and maybe you would be able to answer this question or not, but like, what are some myths versus reality as opposed to people who have schizophrenia versus like, um, just like myths and then compared to like Miles' situation? Because when you think of schizophrenia, well, me personally, I'll speak of myself, um, I don't know much about it. Um, I will say that I thought your brain is kind of like everywhere. So I didn't know how, like if certain times you're more high, you're more low. Um, so for people who are kind of unclear, what are some myths versus reality compared to like your own situation? Yeah, I'm not really sure what the myths are. I mean, mm -hmm. I know that with Miles, like, he had hallucinations and delusions, which is very common for someone with schizophrenia. Um, his, you know, he has a brain disorder, right? So his thought process isn't the same as you and I. Mm -hmm. He also had what you call agnosocia, and that's when your reasoning is off. You don't, you don't understand that you have an illness. Mm -hmm. So for Miles, he just thought he was, it was normal to um, think he was Jesus and have, you know, the conception that 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 he was Jesus Christ mm -hmm. and that he wanted to let everyone know that he was Jesus. Mm -hmm. uh, so I would say, you know, that was Miles's experiences. Mm -hmm. Sometimes people have it have a, a false sense of schizophrenia that people are dangerous and that they mm -hmm. are are harmful. But, you know, the people who have mental health challenges are the ones who are most harmed. Mm -hmm. Right. They're the ones who have who um, will receive more, um, you know, bad things will happen to them. They're not going to do bad things to people. So mm. I think that's a myth is that somehow people who have, um, they're dangerous, they're right. deranged, yeah. they're just going all over the place. Exactly. I, so I, I think that. that's a big myth, right? And yeah. maybe ones that we see on TV mm -hmm. and that ones that we see, um, so, you know, I, I think for us, our, our, the Miles Hall Foundation that we've created, you know, we really want to do destigmatize mental mental illness. Mm -hmm. We also want to decriminalize it. Mm -hmm. And that's removing police from mental health calls. Yes, absolutely. Um, so we spoke on the police not being like equipped to handle mental health crises um, or mental health crisis. Um, do you truly believe that they were ill-equipped or do you think it would be a different outcome if Miles was white? So... There's a, I mean, that's a, I believe that um, Miles is, is most harmed 
because of his African-American skin, also that he had a mental illness, mm -hmm. and so that he now he becomes a higher risk mm -hmm. of, of danger and, and fatality. So I, I absolutely, as we know statistically, yes. that's what we see. It's not, it's not something that we can make up, right? The data shows it. History has shown yeah, it. History in all has avenues. shown it. Yeah, and also the systemic, the systemic problems that we having in policing and where the origins of it came from, right? It used to mm -hmm. be slave patrols. Yes. And so, so there's so much implicit bias when someone doesn't look like you, mm -hmm. and and your life isn't as valued as others, mm -hmm. right? So we've been seeing this time and time again, mm -hmm. because it's it's um, African-Americans, males or African-Americans are 16, at 16 times higher rate than like white people. So mm -hmm. we make up a large yeah. population of the prison system, even though we're only about 13% of the population. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah, crazy. It's, um, it's, it's a lot, and yeah. there's so much research and just so much systematic stuff that we can get into, but right. <laughs> different podcasts for a different right. day, you guys. Yeah, that's a lot. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. to break up the monotony a little bit, mm -hmm. what is something, we've been speaking on a lot of heavy topics and certain things, I kind of want to change it up a little bit. What is something that you are grateful for? something that makes you happy, bring you joy. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I have a lot of joy with just my family, mm -hmm. my family, my friends, they bring me joy. Um, I'm just super happy when I'm, I love to sing. Oh, <laughs> so wow. yeah, that brings me joy. You know, like when I can get down on the karaoke and, right. do, and have some fun. And I'm definitely like kind of the person who will be at the party dancing a lot. <laughs> definitely that, that person that brings me joy. You know, mm -hmm. I have to, and like you said, you have to find the joy, mm -hmm. right? The, the life is really, is difficult. It's challenging, especially now um, in our situation. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I found the joy in, in that. I also find, um, yeah, those things make me happy. Mm -hmm. Right on. Mm -hmm. It was, um, that's interesting. And I and I asked that question because I have to ask my myself that question a lot mm -hmm. as well. Um, I lost my mom about almost three years ago and mm -hmm. I went to work one day and then I got off work and she wasn't here anymore. So it was like, I felt like we had the most fun together. Okay. And it was like, no matter what friends I had or anything, I could always come home to her yeah. and we were just like cracking up about anything. Yeah. And so I was thinking the other day, like, wow, I feel like I haven't had a really good belly laugh. Like I used to be <laughs> so carefree, just laughing about anything. Yeah. And then now I'm just like, definitely a little bit more serious, went through a little bit more life, had to do yeah. a lot more things and be responsible for a lot of different things. But I was just like, wow, when's the last time I had like a belly laugh where I'm like, <laughs> on the floor crying yeah and then um i had to think about it and i was just like i feel like i haven't had one she since she passed away but i thought very deeply and i went on a boat ride not too long ago with my friends and i had the time of my life and oh, i think that was nice. that yeah. was cool so i was like okay yeah. like there's there's still joy in things even though i'm yeah. not laughing and cracking up every five minutes it's like <laughs> i do have moments still so there is stuff to be you know happy about and things to bring light of as well and just kind of my brain automatically thinks of a joke when something happens or like in a not a bad situation but it's just like let's bring light to this anyway so <laughs> i just try to go with that approach a little bit now so um thank you for yeah. sharing i appreciate that yeah um, thank you for sharing too yeah no worries 
So one of my last one of my last questions, um, what kind of common questions do you get um, when doing this work or has there been any, any like scrutiny or ignorance or anything that you've experienced? But we'll go with the most common questions. Most common questions. Um, yeah, I mean, I think people who don't understand mental illness, who don't have a family member who's impacted, they just don't get it. Mm. So I think that's that's the most common um, thing that I've seen people just like, it's just lack of understanding. Mm-hmm. So then it's, then it's lack of understanding is, is also, it's just a, you just need education, mm-hmm. right? So I would say some people just don't really understand the whole mental health system and like, mm-hmm. and like what, what, well, why are police, why would they be a first responder? Or mm-hmm. Why do, would you ever call them, yeah. you know? So I think that part is, is um, something that, that's what we're trying to change mm-hmm. is that police aren't the ones to come, mm-hmm. you know? So I, I think it's, it's really the education part of police right now are the ones that in our system that they're the ones who come to help, right? Yeah. So it's just really just educating the community on how we have to change that mm-hmm. and and why why task. this is truly like a medical condition. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's shifting shifting people's thought process process to think, okay, well when it's when it's a mental health emergency, somehow there's criminalization mm-hmm. with it. So I, I think for me, it's it's just breaking down the barriers for people to understand that mental health is a medical condition. Mm-hmm. And that's why we need people who have medical, well, and also people who have medical backgrounds, right? Mental health professionals that will, will, will be the ones to come. Yeah, yeah. So I think that's a big one, you know, it's just people just not understanding because they haven't experienced it themselves. Yeah. I can I can definitely attest to that. In the last episode we talked about, um, I mentioned that I had a friend who I've been friends with since we were like four years old, but she experienced a lot of mental health um, issues. Mm-hmm. And I often didn't understand it. And it would kind of bother me because I'm like, you have this beautiful family, you have this beautiful life. You know, there's all these kind of like stigmas that you think, but you don't truly know what someone, what's going through someone's brain, how they process Mm -hmm. things, how they process trauma. And so now that I've been through certain traumas and certain things, I'm like, oh, okay. And it's it's unfortunate. It comes with a lot of things you don't necessarily understand until you go through it. But we do need to um, kind of have better conversations. And then there's all these like, you know, older generations who don't understand or didn't talk about it or didn't Mm -hmm. really identify or know that's what they were experiencing. They were criminalized um, mm-hmm. or just just tired all the time or, you know, just certain things. Um, and then uh, our last guest talked about how it's cultural, too, sometimes to where certain people don't talk about their mental health. It's like you go to work, you know, you do what you need to do, you come home, you have a nice family or what have you. Um, mm-hmm. So I can definitely relate with that as well. Um, one of my last questions is um, so and please correct me if I'm wrong, but there was a law passed in California to where 988 is extended. 
Um, mm-hmm. So 988 is available to it's nationwide. But in California, we took a ne- another step to where um, when you do call that number, there is kind of that mediation, that middle to where there are people who can respond to um, to mental health crisis. Um, and so what kind of progress has been made since that passed? I know it's a law, so it can take a while for things to happen. But, you know, how's that coming yeah. along? Yeah. So and congratulations on that. That's huge. Yeah. <laughs> That's huge. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So it's called Assembly Bill 988. Mm-hmm. And it was piggybacked off of the national 988 mm-hmm. that all states have to comply with having a new phone number. Um, so you'll have... Um, professionals that would answer calls. So that's a nationwide kind of event, something that's happened nationwide. In California, yes, AB 988, it's called the Miles Hall Lifeline Act and Suicide Prevention. So it's named after Miles and again, it had to do with advocacy. Uh, We reached out to uh, Assemblywoman member uh, Rebecca Bauer Mm Cahan. And we reached out to a few other people and she was the one who was interested in kind of taking it to the next level and figuring out like a way that we could have a bill that would kind of represent a life-saving mechanism. Because again, right, if we had another number or had another response besides police, then most likely Miles would be here today. Mm-hmm. So the amazing part of AB 988 is that it is funded by telecom. So um, like 911 is funded by telecom, 988 is also funded by telecom. California is one of five states that has funding from telecom. So it's a really big deal that California was able to get this because it's able now to fund the mobile crisis units that all that all counties in the state have to have. Okay. So it's going to be able to create life-saving opportunities for someone in a mental mental health emergency because now you're going to have mobile crisis units, mm-hmm. people who are trained, teams that will come, including a peer who understands the situation and also a mental health professional. So that is a big change in California mm-hmm. that we will see by 2025 because, that, like I said, all states are mandated to have to have a um, a mobile crisis unit in each county. Mm-hmm. It's a, a really, really big accomplishment to make a, a law pass. Um, I do want to give my my congrats on that once again because um, that's very admirable. And it's really hard for us to make progress just on a smaller scale. So mm-hmm. the fact that you guys were able to do that on a larger scale and as big as a um, a state as California is very admirable. So congratulations once thank, again. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Yeah, that was Miles. You know, Miles is, is in heaven, inspiring a lot of work that we're doing, mm-hmm. right? Um, as because I always say his death isn't in vain, right? It was not, not it, he, he was, he was not here anymore, mm-hmm. but his spirit is still here. And um, he's going to be like through his death, he's going to save generations of lives. Absolutely, right. because he's because because um, we fight so hard to protect his legacy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Well, is there any lasting things you want to let us know? Um, you feel like our viewers, or our listeners, should know before we wrap up. Um, just give us anything you want to. It could be yeah. good, bad, <laughs> or about Miles. It doesn't yeah. have to, but just any last things. I mean, I would always say that you know, as people. 
Um, we've all been through stuff, right? And everyone has their own story. But one thing I think people just always need to remember is that you have the power to change things within yourself, mm -hmm. but you also have the power to change things outside of yourself. Way things that are way bigger that you think you never would be able to do. So mm -hmm. I, I just want to just remind people that, you know, who are feeling stuck mm -hmm. or they feel like they can't, you know, move to the next place is that just take each day, one day at a time, because things will get big, better at the end. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I felt like when Miles was killed, like I wasn't going to be able to live. I wasn't going to be able to continue my mm -hmm. life. Like, how am I going to, you know, I was only 40, 47 when he died. Mm -hmm. So like, how are you, how do you, I have a whole life ahead of me. Yeah. So I was yeah. like, how am I gonna do this? But the real reality is, is you, you can, you can pres persevere. You can realize that there's hope at the end. Mm -hmm. So I just want everyone to, who's, who's listening, just to remember that, like, as dark as your days are, they will be brighter. Yes, I, I. I and you, as you know, you have an angel, right? Your yes, mom, I have you have a an angel, angel who's always with you. And I have that angel too. And he's guiding me. So just remember, you know, I just, I just want people to just remember that to have hope and in, yeah. in everything they do because things really can get better. Mm -hmm. You just have to just persevere and just know that they can be. Yeah, and that mm -hmm. that brings a lot of solitude knowing that you have a a forever angel with you, just yeah. kind of watching you that you can always talk to, like, "Hey, mom, what's going on today?" <laughs> <laughs> kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so I I truly appreciate that. And what's helpful as well is just sharing your story too. A lot of times I feel like I'm not as far as I would like to be, but the the little comments and things that I do get when I'm out or at certain events and they're like, mm -hmm. hey, I seen your video and you said yeah. this and I really resonate with that. So thank you. And I'm just like, OK, I was just kind of going through it. <laughs> but, you know, you just never yeah. know who's paying attention, who's listening, Absolutely. who actually needs guidance as well or don't have the courage to, sh to share their story. So um, yeah. I do appreciate that. Tan, thank you so much for being mm -hmm. here. We truly appreciate it. Thank you for sharing your story. And reliving your experience once again i know that's not easy but um the connections house really does appreciate it so um thank you so much for being here thank you to our viewers listeners and watchers and supporters and stay tuned for another episode see you guys later mm -hmm.